Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Sabbath Services. Well, this week we spent most of the week watching the hurricane nearly destroy a major portions of Florida. And we've been in touch with the brethren there, and everybody made it through safely. There was little damage to a couple of cars, but everyone was able to avoid the flooding and the destruction. Nolan Joseph, our elder in northern Florida, when I spoke to him on the phone, said it had a big tree out front. And if the tree would have fallen and hit the house, it would have virtually destroyed all the roof minimum. But the wind came and blew it, and it fell right alongside the house and missed everything. So even in those difficult and treacherous and dreadful times, the hand of God is always there through his angels to watch over us and protect us. So we're very thankful for that. Now today, we are going to have a special message which is going to be the flow of events in the end time. How does it all come together? Now, as I mentioned last week, I actually talked to a man who said he talked to the two witnesses. Well, the two witnesses, as we will see, must be in Jerusalem and must be clothed in sackcloth and must be preaching the word of God, and must have the ability to call down plagues on the earth at will. So I want to read you what I wrote for the introduction for God's plan for mankind revealed by his Sabbath and holy days. And if you don't have that book, you need to get it. It's a big, thick book, but there's transcripts of the messages, along with the CD messages, it's very easy to read and understand. So you need to get it. Now, as I've mentioned many times before, today we are trained with a very short attention span. So why don't you test your own attention span? Okay? See if it's longer than 12 to 15 minutes. Because 12 to 15 minutes is about the maximum time, sometimes up to 20 minutes, that they have on television from live television or recorded television to the commercials. Now, here we are in a contemporary world. Here's what I wrote for the personal in God's plan for mankind. And this is especially true in trying to understand the events of the end time in a proper chronological setting, which is what we will do today. But here's what I wrote. 
The contemporary world in which we live encourages individual opinions, insisting that everyone's opinion is of equal validity. Now, I saw on television one of the representatives ask one of these modern woke idiots who was there to testify, he said, tell me, can a man get pregnant and give birth? And he weaseled around and around and around, but it just showed his opinion, though completely false, was right in his own mind. See? On the other hand, a person may consider something to be simply true because he or she believes it. You can just say, well, I believe it. Does that make it true? How many people believe lies? He or she believes it to be so, even when the facts do not support such a belief. A second person, however, may hold an opinion exactly opposite the first, likewise accept it as fact because he or she believes it to be true. Now, this is why the Bible tells us with everything in the Bible to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. And this is why it's necessary to know, not just believe, but know that the Bible is the true word of God. And the book we have, God's Plan for Mankind, plus what we have with Daniel and Revelation series, if you don't have that, get that. And let me just encourage everyone to get the hard copies of the publications. We have online a catalog. You can order any of them. Actually had one elder, Steve Durham, come out and visit us. He and his his wife took a second honeymoon. And they wanted to get everything we had hard copy. So he went back with a car full. Okay. So I encourage you to do it because we don't know when they'll cut us off. And what are you going to do then? Okay. So here's what we end up. A dichotomy results in which truth becomes relative. And too many people apply that to the Bible. Carrying the process one step further, when a conglomerate of divergent opinions on a subject is accepted as true because people believe them to be true, we end up with a cacophony of opinions, which is confusion. Is that not where we are today? Confusion. Remember this. God is not the author of confusion. Who is Satan the devil so he can bring in his false doctrines? 
As a result, everyone believes and does what is right in his own eyes. You think of a proverb that says something about that? There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And also, Jeremiah, a prophet of God, he said this. He said, oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. So you can't rely on personal opinion. You can't rely on emotion of what you think. That's why you must have the Bible and you must prove that it is true and you must live by it and you must keep the commandments of God. Okay? Consequently, the majority of people today do not believe that there is absolute truth to the exclusion of all other opinions. That's where we are today. Isn't that true? You watch some of these newscasts where they have a conservative and then they have a liberal and see the problems of trying to understand them. All right, now, last of all, and I want you to write in for this booklet. Now, this is by John Fox, the world's greatest throne. Now, we wrote to the, uh, emailed the covenant people up in Vancouver, B.C. to ask permission to make 500 of these. We haven't heard from them, so in our communication to them, we mentioned to them that if we did not hear back from them in a number of weeks, I think it was two weeks, that we would proceed to make 500 copies because there's no copyright on it. So now we have it. So this, this is absolutely essential reading, especially when we're coming up to the coronation of the coming King Charles II. Okay? Little sidebar on England. Okay? Years ago, they said Great Britain would never become part of the EU. Well, they joined it. However, after what, 20-some years, they left. Huh. And what else happened? The queen died. Now what's going to happen? And isn't it interesting that that leaves the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, plus Northwestern Europe. They are virtually by themselves. which also fulfills Bible prophecy. Now, right in the middle of those in Europe, you have the Assyrians, the Germans, the Germans, the Western Czech, and Austria, 
compose the Assyrian end-time people. All right? All of those things will figure in later. Now, Daniel 9, then Revelation 13. Now, here is an interesting prophecy that does not give you very much in the way of detail or fulfillment, okay? This is the 70-week prophecy. Now, it talks about his first coming in verse 26. First, it took 49 years to rebuild the temple, okay? And then it took 62 weeks after that, and each week is seven years. Messiah shall be cut off, verse 26, but not for himself. Okay. Then it shifts to the end time, right here. Now remember what we covered last week and a week before, how that in the Old Testament, sometimes the prophecies refer to future events, sometimes they refer to contemporary events, sometimes they refer to past events. And they're all kind of mixed together. The people of the prince who shall come shall destroy the city. A type of that was in 70 AD. And the Jews admit that that's worse than the Holocaust. Now, see if you can find any Jew high or low, a religious person or a non-religious person, admit that the destruction of Jerusalem came because of the sins of the people. See? The Jews. I said, all the Romans. Well, remember, God raises up nations and take down nations. All right. Destroy the city and its sanctuary, that the end shall be with a flood. And that flood refers to a great invasion. And unto the end of the war, so it interprets the flood as a war, desolations are determined. Now, we're looking at a man, he. This doesn't refer to Jesus. This refers, as we will see, to Revelation 13. He shall confirm a covenant with many weak, and in the midst of the weak, he shall cause the sacrifice and offerings to cease. Okay? And upon the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate even unto the consummation, meaning the return of Christ in the book of Revelation. The consummation means the completion of the age of man. Okay. And the fully determined which is decreed, shall be poured out upon the desolate. All right? 
Let's look at what is happening contemporarily because this refers to it. But Revelation gives us the understanding. Now let's come first of all to Revelation 11 because we're going to cover all the books of Revelation from chapter 6 to chapter 19. Okay? But Revelation 13. Now verse 1. Now what this shows is a process occurring. Okay. Now we know, so put this in, in your notes. Revelation 17.15 says the waters are peoples and nations and languages and tongues. Okay. So here John, he stood on the sand of the, of the sea and saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. This is a beast with seven heads and ten horns, having nothing to do with the sequence of the beast in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, 8, and 7. Okay. And on his horns ten crowns, and upon the head the names of blasphemy. Okay. And I saw the beast that was like a leopard, his feet like the feet of a bear, or mouth, mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and his great authority. Now put in your margin. Matthew 4, Luke 4, where Satan says that he gives the power of the nations to whoever would worship him. And that was the temptation against Christ. Remember that. Okay. Now then, verse 3. And I saw one of the heads, as it were, wounded to death, but his deadly wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. So here we have, and we see it coming, a one-world government. And there are those who understand that the nucleus of the leadership is already working behind the scenes. Okay? So we see it. Now, we don't know exactly when this deadly wound takes place, but we can make a pretty good guess. Okay? So let me do this. Going to ring my cowbell so that you know we're going to make some suppositions to help fit these things together. Now notice what else happens. And we see this coming upon us right now. Okay? All you have to do is this. Look at what the Department of Justice has done against that man in Pennsylvania who was against abortion and trying to counsel women, think it over before you go in and have it done. He was doing everything according to the law that he should. He wasn't harassing anybody, okay? But Marlon... Garland 
sent out the FBI with 30 people with guns to arrest this man and charge him. Now, he may be Catholic, but it shows this. All you Catholics better reform and accept what we are doing or we're coming after you as well. See? So think what it's going to be for the saints. Think what it's going to be for us. All right? And here's why that happens. And here's why they believe adamantly what they believe and they will not allow another opinion. Right here. Verse 4, and they worship the dragon who gave his authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who has the power to make war against him? Now, that's quite a thing. Okay, we'll look and see where that may be the possibility here. And a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy was given to him, and authority was given to him to continue 42 months after the deadly wound. So that's three and a half years. Now, I might mention as a sidebar, one of the things that got me to thinking about 42 months, which is three and a half years, and 1,260 days, what's the difference? Because we see that the two witnesses, their mission is 1,260 days. But they don't equal in time. And they don't equal in fulfillment. Now, the only way we can determine when the two witnesses begin, we'll get there in a little bit, which is this. We know when the resurrection is going to be because of Pentecost. Right? Okay. So, They're going to be the first resurrected. So you count back 1,260 days, and you get just before the abomination of desolation sets in. That the two witnesses begin their ministry. Okay? Now then, verse 7, we'll look at this. And he was given power to make war against the saints and overcome them. And he was given authority over every tribe and language and nation. So that's coming. And that also shows the martyrdom of the saints. All right. Now let's come and look at the trigger point. Let's come back to the book of Daniel, chapter 11. And here's the trigger point that starts everything, okay? Now, we don't know exactly what it means to push at the king of the north by the king of the south. But you can take this and understand it. Peace with the Muslims never lasts very long. Okay? So here we have verse 40. 
and at the time of the end, the king of the south shall push at him. Now, remember, we just read in Revelation 13 that he has authority over all nations and tribes and languages and people. Okay? And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, with horsemen, with many ships, and he shall come into the countries and shall overflow and sweep away. He shall also enter into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. Then it lists those who shall escape. Okay, So what is it? Is pushing at the king of the north? Is that when he receives the deadly wound? Which then is in the midst of the week of Daniel 9, 27. Boom. Three and a half years. Okay. So let's see what will happen here. Continuing. Verse 42. And he shall stretch out his hand on the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. Verse 43. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Ethiopians and Libyans shall be at his footsteps. Now, but tidings out of the east and out of the north. What alignment do we have today that looks like it's shaping up to be that? Russia and China. Who else will join us? We don't know. But we can look at the world scene today and understand that of the seven heads, China has got to be one of them. Now, right now, Putin is against the world order. But that could change with another leader coming in. And he will go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly annihilate many. Okay. Then he shall plant his royal tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Now we will see that as we get in a little later. Okay. So let's look at this. When does the abomination of desolation take place? spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now it says very clearly in Revelation, not Revelation, but Matthew 24, that the tribulation will not begin until there's the abomination of desolation. Now what is that? Okay, put in your notes. Second Thessalonians 2. It is the man who is in Revelation 13, the beast. The system is also called the beast, but he's the head of it. Okay? So, when he goes into the temple, into the holy place, and he declares himself to be God, Now, what did it say in Revelation 13 about that beast power? They worshiped the dragon and they worshiped the beast. 
Now, that's why he goes into the temple, and that's why there will be a temple built. Now, there may be a few preliminary offerings offered on whole stone altars by the Jews and the Levites, but they have all the plans to build the temple. If you don't believe it, you go to the templeinstitute.com and you will see. All right? So, Matthew 24, let's just take a quick look at that, and we will see what it says. So the great tribulation cannot begin until the abomination of desolation takes place. And this is one thing that John did not understand when he was finishing canonizing the New Testament. And he put in the parenthetical statement in verse 15, the one who reads, let him understand. Because he knew what Paul wrote about the man of sin, the son of perdition, coming into the temple to say he's God. And he also knew that for the two witnesses that the temple would be there because it was to be measured by the angel as the two witnesses began their ministry. Okay, so it says here, verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, Daniel 9, 27, standing in the holy place, okay, 2 Thessalonians 2, saying, I'm God. Now remember, it wasn't too long ago that people still believed in the emperor as God. And the last country to give it up by force of the American military occupying that nation was the nation of Japan. They looked upon Herahito as God in the flesh. And the people were not allowed to look directly at him. However, after the Americans conquered them, one of the, one of the terms of the surrender was the Japanese wanted to keep their emperor and the Americans agreed to it if the emperor would go out and show that he was human and talk to the people. And he did. So that will be revised. Then it says those who who are in Judea flee to the mountains. All right? Now, let's come to Revelation 11 for just a minute. Two witnesses. When do the two witnesses begin their ministry? Well, we count from Pentecost back 1260 days, and we got a big chart that comes with it. We have all the transcripts. We have all the messages on CDs. All right. When do they start? Okay. They have to start just before the beast of Revelation 13 receives the deadly wound. Okay? And they go for 1,260 days. 
So on the chart that we have, we have seven years of the calculated Hebrew calendar. And what I did was this. The end is the end. So I said, all right, now if you're going to make a calendar, why don't you start with a 19-year time cycle and make the 19th year the end? Because that's the end of a cycle, and it's the end of a period, and also it's a leap year with 13 months. So then you will look at the chart, and we go back, and right in the middle, right in the middle of that seven-year period, that's when you have the abomination of desolation take place. But the two witnesses start just before that. Okay. Now then, at about the same time, those few who go to a place of safety are taken there by the angels. Now, where will the place of safety be? A lot of people still believe it will be in Petra. Well, that's possible. The best way to know is if you're taken there, you'll find out when the angel brings you there. Okay. Years ago, there were evangelists arguing against each other. Well, who's going to be in charge of Petra, when we get there. Well, the way they ruled, they wouldn't be getting there. Okay? Now, Revelation 11. Okay? The two witnesses. Verse 1. Then an angel gave me a measuring rod like a staff, saying, Arise and measure the temple of God. You can't measure the temple of God unless it is there, right? has to be built, correct? Okay. And the altar and those who worship in it. But leave out the court that is within the temple area and do not measure it because it has been given up to the Gentiles and they shall trample upon the holy city for 42 months. Same time as what? Revelation 13, where the beast, after the deadly wound is healed, continues. So this is where he goes into the temple. All right. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. Now, verse 4. I want you to put in your notes... Zechariah 3 and Zechariah 4. Because this verse says, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the God of the whole earth. In other words, who's going to select the two witnesses? God. And they're going to have power like no two men on earth. Now think about this for a minute. Here, the part of the body of church that's going to a place of safety is taken there. Two witnesses come right on the scene. Okay. And then we have 
the abomination of desolation take place. And what does he do after that? Okay. Then we have the martyrdom of the saints. All right. So let's come back to Revelation 6. And we will look at that. Put this in your margin. Hosea 6. It talks about Israel in captivity. And it says, and after two days, a day in prophecy is a year. So the three and a half years, after two years, they are raised up in the third day, which means the start of the last three and a half years. Okay. Now, here we have Revelation 6. Now, as we have seen, and I showed you last week, the one world religion is coming into reality. The only question remaining is, what's going to happen to the Protestants? Now, they're stuck. The Catholics will be allowed to still believe in their Jesus because he's false. But what's going to happen to the Protestants? We don't know. Will they also suffer martyrdom? We don't know. Okay. But the one world religion pictured by the opening of the first seal is already taking place. How long it is from the opening of the first seal and the forming of world religion until the second seal, we don't know. Could be quite a period of time. But we also know that there will arise a false prophet in Revelation 13 that will work with the beast. Okay, So that will happen. And as we have discussed, the world elite today are going to learn a lesson. You cannot bring in a world government by political force. You must have the cooperation of religion. And of course, this Pope believes in it. And supports it. But when you look at this pope, you know he's not going to live very long. So there will be another pope coming. All right. Now then, verse 3, Revelation 6. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come and see, and another horse went out that was red. And power was given to the one sitting on on it to take peace from the earth. This is when the deadly wound is healed and the beast goes into the Holy of Holies and says he is God. Then he's going to declare war on all who oppose him. All right? So who knows what that will be or 
how many that will be. Now, the third and the fourth seal come very quickly. Now, we've seen demonstrated with this war in the Ukraine, but also in World War II as well and other wars. After there is death and destruction by invasion with bombs, with artillery, with whatever means of killing, what happens? People run out of food. They run out of water. And famine sits in. And then they look for a scapegoat. And who will that scapegoat be? Those who believe in the true God. Now remember what Jesus said. He that loves his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Now we don't know exactly how this martyrdom is going to be. But Revelation 20 indicates that the martyrdom and the killing will be beheading. Now then, here we come down to the completion of two full years of the three and a half at the end. And this is going to be an awesome event to take place. You've heard me cover this before, but the more I go through it and the more I see of what God has made out in the universe and how Christ is going to come, the more powerful and the more realistic that this is going to be. Okay. So it's about time to take a break. So we'll take a break and we'll come back in 20. <laughs> 